y'all. Welcome to Soul Connections Podcast. This is Sarah and Cassie. And today we are talking about an evidence-based model of psychotherapy called IFS, which stands for Internal Family Systems and has been a highly transformative experience for both Cassie and I in our own individual therapy and work with our younger selves and that higher wise intuitive self and the work of becoming more connected and embodied. Now, of course, we're not trained professionals, nor do we have any qualifications in that regard. But what we would like to do is share our own experience in doing this work and how it has impacted our healing journeys. Um, And I guess the best way for us to start out is to give you a basic idea of it. And of course, if you have no experience with it, it can definitely seem odd or silly. (laughs) Um, But in reality, It deals with the multiplicity of the mind and the fact that we all have parts of ourselves. I mean, honestly, think about it. We all say it on the daily in conversation when we say, part of me feels this way or part of me wants to do X, Y, Z. You know what I mean? So like we hear that all the time. Um, And IFS deals with something Cassie and I call parts work, uh, which is where we work to address and notice these aspects of ourselves, such as the younger self. And you've heard us talk about that or like my little warrior girl or little Cass or, um, even the perfectionist, the eating disorder, the part that carries on with life, keeps it all together and so on. Um, and I'm sure you're all thinking of ones within your own self right now, but we all have aspects that come on board to keep us safe, keep us going and help us make sense of the world and our world as we perceive it. I'll be honest, when I first began this work, I felt crazy and silly, and Cassie can attest to that, like in her own journey, um, and even when I first started sharing it with her, she was like, this sounds crazy, like what work are you doing with your therapist? Um, But as I came to work with the reasons why these parts of myself show up and take the lead, such as the eating disorder, uh, that I have come to find the purposes and reasons, like the deeper meanings as to why I have done these things to survive and protect my being on the very basic level. Um, Yeah, so Cassie and I both did not just ease into this therapy concept. And for sure, like I've said, we've had conflict in trusting it. But what we want to do today is share what it has been like for us, how we have been able to access greater awareness of ourselves, and in turn, heal on a deeper level. We could both probably say now that we are big fans of IFS as a a theory used in therapy. Um, just as in family units, like we do not thrive in isolation, nor do we grow or heal, but as collective parts to a whole. And so this is vital for us in our journeys. And um, Cassie, should we just go ahead and jump into jump into this with your thoughts and experiences or maybe how you would explain and relate it? Yeah, um, I've heard it explained like this before and I, and I found it to be um, visually like make sense and visually um helpful in understanding it um if any of you guys out there have seen the disney pixar movie called inside out um the main character riley has um emotions different emotions in her head that there's joy there's sadness there's anger there's fear and there's disgust and those are her like basic emotions and anyway that's kind of how I just I explain it because yeah that's a good visual they all talk you know they all like have their parts they all take control over the control board sometimes because like in in Riley's brain there's like a you know headquarters HQ and 
and sometimes the different emotions will take Riley, like, and so she'll get, like, really angry when anger is taking control. So that's a really basic way to to think of it and to describe it. Um, but more so, it goes into greater detail, not just emotions, but more of those parts that play, per, like, play different roles. Um, like the aspects of you, yeah, that came on board for some reason, whether when you were younger or for some purpose to protect or to, I guess you're, yeah, you're really good at explaining this, like the firefighters, managers, that yeah. kind of yeah. uh, lingo is used in IFS. Yeah, yeah, so for internal family systems, there's general groups of, of parts. Um, so you have the group of exiles, and these are parts that are... The parts that want to get, like, that get pushed away into the corner, the parts that um, we try to avoid the feelings of, like, fear, panic, pain, terror, and any of those kind of um, feelings. Um, And then there's managers. And these are the parts that run the day-to-day operations for the individual. These are the ones that kind of have the most control. I... In my perspective, they have the most control um, because they play such a daily role. Yeah, like what would you say or be an example of a manager or where do you see it show up in your life? Like how is a manager for you, I guess? Yeah, um, so I was talking about this in therapy the other day because um, there's roles. I mean, let me explain firefighters and then I'll explain how they kind of all what like a manager would be for me because got it my manager started out as a firefighter I think oh really yeah so okay, this is fascinating to me the way you explain it yeah, yeah so and then so the managers are the ones that like try to keep control of the situation and they do this through like through control striving evaluating caretaking so on and so forth um and then firefighters these are the ones that you see more in um, behaviors that would be um, maladaptive coping skills like eating disorders, drug and alcohol use, self-mutilation, um, and various other... Um, like addictions and, addictions. and uh, impulsive or compulsive behaviors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So those, would, those are the ones that kind of try to put out the exiles like really quick. If an exile gets activated, so if you start to feel whatever those feelings are that you don't want to feel or that that trauma um exiles are trauma too um that don't get looked at and the firefighters are just ones that just put it put it out numb it really quick and they're not like a long-term fix and it's that cycle like keeps going yeah 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 um and an interesting thing that my therapist has been explaining to me is that um all of our parts, she mentioned that she talks about it a lot, is all of our parts are, like, destined to not work. They're destined to fail because they're not the self. So the self is, like, your true self, your wise self, your most high self, like, your soul, your core, your being. Yeah. And all these other parts come about, but they can't do the job because they are not you. They are not yourself. They will not adequately ever, ever be successful they might be in a short term and they might you know get the job done but in the long term they're just gonna hurt you um 
Which, I mean, sounds crazy when you're like, oh, these parts are not myself. It's still aspects of you, but when we talk about the, this uh, model, IFS, the, the wise, higher self, I guess you could say, that's going to be your intuition, your inner knowing. It's going to be when you're connected, you're calm, you're curious, all of those, I guess, C words that they use in IFS, which we could go into later. But, um, and yeah, none of these parts are going to work long term. And yet their ultimate goal and their whole point is to protect you and keep you safe. Even if that is an eating disorder that's like killing you, the whole point that it came on board was in some regard was to keep you safe, protect you from something. And honestly, all of it is to not feel the pain. So those firefighters are going to come on board so you don't feel the pain of those exiles, you know? And I don't know if you mentioned this, Cassie, but like the exiles, wouldn't you say that that's more of those younger selves, younger parts, like the that inner child or those broken pieces, I guess? Yeah, um, IFS mentions that those are typically the young parts that have experienced trauma and the ones that become isolated. Um, kind of the ones that we... Like pushed in the corner. I imagine yeah. it for me, like... In the, in a dark closet in yeah. the corner, like not safe, locked up, caged, like yeah. not allowed to come out. And when they do, oh man, do those firefighters like shut whew, those things down? You guys shut fast. up, yeah. Um, yeah. I was talking so to get like to an example for me of a of a manager, and then I could do examples for me, and then you could say some examples for you. But for my manager, I think my biggest one is my perfectionist part. So my perfectionist part is the part that has to show up and be put together and to be intelligent and knowing and look the part. So, you know, wearing the fancy clothes and just looking like I have it together. Um, And that shows up mostly every day. Yeah, like that runs the show. That's your, that, that's that's your main probably, manager. That is my yeah. main manager. Yeah. And my therapist and I have been talking about how it potentially started as a uh, firefighter, like to, you know, to put out all those other things, like rather oh. than feeling sad or anything, it was like I was just very put together. Like all of a sudden to numb that pain really quick it was like actually, oh, I'm really happy. Like mm-hmm. there was a long time, a long period of time and that I was the happiest person in the world. And I even had a name plaque for work <laughs> saying that. And and I think I even saw the tail end of that. Like I could see when I first met you, like that facade or that super happy person. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting to see the shift when you start to like, loosen up the grip and and drive your life from that higher wise self yeah 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 so um yeah that manager plays you know the the daily runs the show um is kind of in charge of all the other parts and helps them to do their job is kind of my visualization as I used to be a retail manager for many years and I picture it like a general manager, an assistant store manager, all like an operations manager, a like a HR, you know, like, and I picture it with a bunch of different managers and then some associates. And 
my perfectionist part is that general manager. Um, and, like, in a boardroom, kind of, like, that's mm-hmm. what I picture it to look like. Um, and then the firefighters, like, for me, an example would be, you know, the eating disorder or um, other suicidal thoughts or things like that um, that just quickly numb out um, the exiles, quickly numb out that pain. Okay. And don't really, don't really solve anything, but alleviate it for just a moment. Right. Um, yeah. So that's how I explain it. And I'll tell a little bit about my story with IFS. Um, so Sarah and her therapist, like she was working, doing probably like a year and a half ago. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Wow. They, she Time was doing by. IFS and she was telling me about it. And the whole time I was like. Mm, seems like woo-woo stuff. Like, <laughs> that seems so weird. Or just silly. Like, honestly, even kind of sharing it, I felt silly. And then I also... Because there was so much of having to do the work of, like, we'll talk about this, like, unblending. And so I would, like, kind of journal to these parts of myself. Like, journal to the younger self. Journal to that punishment that needed to go run or to or to the eating disorder. And so I'd kind of write it out and listen and see what they had to say. And, yeah, I often would feel silly, but I'd be like, Cassia, I have to like do this. Like, like I have to, if I'm going to heal and like, it's taking over. And, and I think the analogy or the visual that my therapist kind of uses is like, okay, like these, you know, these parts have been driving the bus for all this long, this magic school bus, like it's your turn to now, you know, be in charge. And so, and, and with those kind of visuals, I can often see now like, oh, who's driving the bus? kind of thing yeah. is it's kind of a question I ask myself like okay Who who's driving? who's driving the bus right now who's in charge and I think we can all relate to that you know like if you get angry at um a spouse or a child or like um get really frustrated or, or triggered I guess you could say would be a word um that could come up in this when a part is um activated or whatnot I think we can all recognize that and sometimes take a step back like oh I just got in this huge fight where was that coming from you know because it's yeah and whether we even realize it or not like in those moments too when we have those big reactions or when we you know I think that's a moment where you could be like hmm I wonder you know do some introspection I wonder where that came from yeah like why was that such a big reaction yeah and um, even to see it in other people, like this oh, kind yeah. of work has helped me so much in my own relationships or like with my parents or like friends or even strangers. I can like see, I don't know. It's so wild. When you start to do the work, you start to see other what shows up for other people. Yeah. And really it gives you compassion because I can see the angry part in someone really close to me. And I'm like, oh, I can see that underneath that is like a scared, frustrated, helpless little child. And not that I'm seeing that person as a scared, helpless little child, but I'm saying, oh, wow, like that is coming up to protect that work. That's a part. Yeah, I know. And sometimes that's silly. Like we'll say that to each other. We're like, oh, that's a part. Or what part is that? And we kind of joke around. But in reality, when you become aware, like it it opens that up. You can't un... Yeah, that's kind of where we're at in our journey as far as this uh, breakthrough transformation uh, season in our life. It's like you you can't turn back. Once you're aware, you're... You're there. <laughs> it's, it's hard to it's hard to unsee it. Um, once you've once you've opened those doors, um, yeah. But so for my yeah, so Sarah had started doing it, and she was telling me a little bit about it and her experience. 
And I was like, hmm, that's weird. And then I was talking to um, the uh, one of my friends, and she is a therapist, and she said that she... IFS, like, she's like, oh, yeah, I have I have other colleagues that always do IFS. Like, I do IFS with my clients. I have done IFS for myself. And she said, it is so helpful. You need to try it. And even, like, sometimes we would hang out and – or I'd, it was my employer. So I'd go to work and um, and she would be like, oh, yeah, like, these, these different parts. And she's like, could you, like, talk to those parts? And I was like – <laughs> no like I'm sorry um I'm off work now <laughs> and she'd be like let's let's try it like can you yeah. talk to that part and I was like no no absolutely not I cannot talk to something that's, something not, that's there. not there yes <laughs> and it took me and it took me a long time and then I actually reached out to another therapist that I had for a while specifically to do IFS work and just work on those parts um and it's just kind of tricky to do um, but because those parts really need to a solid trust, a solid foundation and trust to even like think about, to even think about doing any sort of work, you need to have a solid foundation of uh, trust and safety. Well, I mean, you think about it, like if you imagine where those parts are really coming from or those young mistrusting parts of yourself, like why if you don't get them on board and ask their permission, that's a big deal. We'll talk about too, is like, if you just barge in and be like, okay, well, what's your deal? Or why are you so scared? Or, okay, yeah, that happened. Well, get over it. Like, you know, that's going to ruffle some feathers and mix some things up. So you have to, you know, kind of get on board like, hey, you know, scared little part or like, hey, perfectionist, like I'm bringing you all into this. For you, it's a boardroom. Mm -hmm. For me, it's a, like a living room, more of a comfort, kind of where we are right now, like a couch like this and just like soft blankets and like bringing all these parts and being like, hey, like take a seat and like getting their say and their buy-in because you'll find that all these aspects of you have something to say. Your past has something to say. These uh, coping mechanisms, these addictions, they all have something to say, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I will, like, add to that is um, really the more that you do it, the more that those parts and your whole, like, vision of it evolves because at first it has, it was very um, fit into a tiny little box. And I made everything fit into a box, like, like I mentioned, of a boardroom. And so much so, like, now my parts don't feel comfortable in a boardroom because they're just little parts, you know? Mm, yeah. And so, you know, working Shifting with my up. therapist and and really understanding those parts more and really getting a feel for what what feels safe for them. Like what do they need? Yeah, yeah. what's going to help them come to the table? And really that work, I've been doing that kind of stuff only for a short period of time, but it that has been the most helpful part, um, in this IFS work is really understanding, understanding where those, those parts came from, what their purpose was and what they need to feel safe, like that you haven't abandoned them and that they're allowed to talk and they're allowed to, you know, just be without the manager shutting them all up, which, my manager tends to shut them all up still, but yeah. I mean, it takes so much time and so much repair. 
Well, and it's definitely a work in progress, and it's not. It doesn't just shift overnight because these things came over time. And I guess that's another thing I'd mention is is I, I'm imagining what people are probably asking, you know, in their minds is like, what's the goal of this, or what's the purpose? Yeah. And um, the the whole goal and purpose of IFS or internal family systems is to begin to lead your life and live from a place of your highest self to be able to make choices that aren't, you know, controlled by those parts and to have a grasp on that. Yeah. Intuitive, wise mind, who's driving the bus, who's in charge and, and to be able to work and heal those things so they can quiet down. And so, and I mean, of course there, I see so many, so much overlap in different modalities of therapy, different theories, you know, it's just, someone else puts a different name on it but I think we I don't think we realize how often we actually kind of do this stuff like in different ways or whether you're in therapy or not like if you become introspective or become aware like self-aware of doing some kind of work to better yourself that you'll begin to notice this in relationships like what's showing up or who am I in this relationship and I don't know. So that's the main focus and, and goal and purpose is it's a way to help to heal the trauma and to become more aware and to just live from your most wise, highest self. Yeah. Um, and like you said, like there's, you know, different approaches and there's different ways like that we all do IFS, maybe unintentionally that we don't realize. And it's called different things to different, um, in different places and different people. And, um, I just remembered, like, there's been some therapy assignments that we've all done if we were in treatment together, and um, it's, like, writing a letter to the eating disorder. Yeah, like, that's doing the work. Yeah, yeah, and that is, like, you are writing a letter to your firefighter part, that eating disorder, you know, like... To the self-destruction, to the protection, to the control. Yes, exactly. Yeah, And then writing a letter, you know, like, to your body or, you know, stuff like that. That's true. Yeah. That could be, yeah. Or to trauma and different things. And I mean, I will say, though, with IFS, it is very um, regimen-specific. There are specific things that therapist needs to be trained in and do in order for it to go well. Because it can definitely go awry. It can go wrong if you do the work in, not in the correct order. I mean, not to scare y'all or stress you out, but I mean... Or to break things open in a way and not have permission or buy-in, it can definitely cause walls and triggers and things to uh, be worse, I guess, for a time. And I mean, I've kind of experienced that, not because of my therapist at all, uh, but more so I'd say with doing, as you guys have heard, some of the um, plant medicine work, psychedelic therapy, different modalities like that where I've cracked things open and probably didn't have enough preparation or buy-in um to to handle that as well or have a container and safety in place as much and so that's definitely my own and I'd say it's a learning experience but again if you can be aware of that then that's just that can totally help you move through yeah um I think awareness self-awareness is so key before even um, starting and just being like taking an inventory almost of like what you think your parts are working with your therapist to like find out those parts because some parts you like don't even know you have until you talk until they make 
Because they've been shoved away. And then you're away. like, oh, what was that? You yeah. Know? Like, you'll notice a shift. You're Every like, day you kind of notice something. And, yeah. Um, you know, you have, like, kind of, like, set parts, but you always are like, oh, yeah, that did that because of this, maybe. Or, yeah. Um, or whatever. But, like, really just being self-aware and, like, taking that inventory of, like, okay, like, what really are my parts? What are the parts that lead my life? Yeah, so I have a question for you. This made me think... Like, what would you say are your top ones? Like, maybe you have your perfectionist that kind of takes the lead. Mm -hmm. But then what would you say that perfectionist is um, kind of in control of or trying to manage? Like, do you have specific ones that show up all the time versus other ones that may not be as loud or, you know? Yeah. um, So my perfectionist is the number one controller of my life. Um, and then the motherboard. I, yeah. Yeah. And then I would say that the minimizer, the one that oh. says that I'm dramatic, yeah, um, can be dramatic. So I minimize how I'm really doing. I minimize my pain. I minimize my struggles. Mm-hmm. I minimize. I minimize a lot of things, even good things. I'll minimize. Yeah. Bad things. I'll minimize. Like it's no big deal. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'll just kind of. I have one that just is kind of indifferent. Mm-hmm. that helps me to not attach or feel yeah to, yeah like instead rather than being disappointed oh yes. might as well be pleasantly surprised got it so you know kind of expect the worst I have a part that just is like meh indifferent like I don't really care and that protects you from being hurt yeah 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 See, because, it makes sense yeah because I have a I have an exile part of like really serious letdown and disappointment and just I think a lot of grief yeah just repeat it over and over to where of course you have to have an indifferent part because like yeah you can only be let down so many times until I don't know and it I hurts don't know that much yeah you know because I my part of indifference came about really fast in my life and so probably that fear that you would break or that it would be too much if you kept being let down yeah yeah like feeling Yeah, just worrying that, um, I think, and this is a caretaking part, which I think is another one of my managers. Oh, for sure, yeah. (laughs) Is worrying that um, if I have big emotions, then I will hurt somebody's feelings, like my family's. So guarding your, those big emotions, like, they could never be... Yeah, like, I wasn't able to show disappointment because I didn't want them to think that they had done something wrong, that it was their fault. Yeah, so So protecting them, yeah. It had to be just, like, whatever, Mm -hmm. indifferent, like, so they didn't let me down. I didn't want them to think that they let me down because I didn't want to hurt them. I feel that. So, yeah. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, so those are some of mine, and then uh, my firefighter, my firefighter is obviously eating disorder, but I do think that another one is the, a dissociative part, mm. a part that um, like, get out of here kind of numbs out, and that one and the and the perfectionist work so incredibly close, hand in hand. Interesting. Of like, of you know, like the perfectionist wants everything to run smoothly, but if things get too out of hand, it's like, nope, and sends the dissociative part in and. I'm just trying ah. to imagine what this sounds like for you guys. Because yeah, yeah. 
I think it's never, fascinating. But. If you've never heard of IFS before, you're probably like, all these parts, like, I'm so confused. You're like, oh my gosh, what is happening in her mind? Yeah, like, but it's not, it's like, you know, just like we said, is part of me wants to do this. It's like, yeah. Like, part of me wants to just numb out or, like, sit on the couch and watch Netflix kind of thing. You know what I mean? When you think of, like... Because, like, I mean, in reality, watching a movie or running, things like that are Mm semi-dissociative. Like, that's just the state that it puts you in naturally. And we all do that on some level. Yeah. I mean, we have to, you know, to kind of make sense of things. And so... If, if you think about that, like, oh, you know, we've all said that, like, oh, part of me just wants to lay in bed all day or something. But then yeah. this other part, like, no, I got to get up and clean the house and do 20 million things and keep it all in order. Yeah. So see the conflict there, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think another example of of that in, like, a in an easier day-to-day real-life situation is, like, when you have a dilemma and, like, you're, you are overwhelmed and you have a lot of anxiety about it and... And you're like, I have, like, these two choices or these three choices. And you're just, like, are so overwhelmed. But deep down, like, I think we all have, like, you know, maybe that self of Mm, knowing. Right, the knowing part. That you know already. And I use this example of, like, when it... So when you're... um, Um, maybe if you were struggling a lot and maybe you needed, um, some additional support and the example I use is going into treatment of like, you're kind of at that place where you're struggling so much, but you like are so conflicted about what you want to do, but deep down inside, you know that you need that extra support. Um, that's kind of what I think of it is like, that is yourself. That is the part that, um, that knows. Right. Yeah, so you have that part that, you know, you that you're of yourself and it knows what you need to do. Um, and then maybe other parts kind of jump in and say, like, oh, maybe that minimizer jumps in and says, oh, it's not that bad. Or maybe that eating disorder part gets really, like, activated um, because it knows that that stuff is going to happen. If that eating disorder is tamed, then maybe those those exiles are going to start coming to the surface. Well, yeah, and then all those alarms go off, like, no, 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 like, we can't do this, like, we've got to stay under control, like, firefighter, alert, alert, and, and, and then it's like, well, why, you know? And, mm-hmm. of course, that minimizer and that part, for me, it's like, I've got this. No, 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 I've got it under control. I've yeah. got it figured out. And that one stays so strong for me, and it's like, well, why? Because I had to always have it figured out or be in the planning of, to stay safe. Yeah. And so that's, that's, that's a great example though, I think yeah. to be able to see it because we all, I think we all experience that not so much like going to treatment, treatment. but it's like, you know, those uh, turmoils, that inner tor- turmoil or conflict of like some part of, you know, it's like, I know I need to do this. Quit but, a job. Yeah. I know I need to quit this job, but like, but I, I get feel paid like I, well, or I'm good. I, at it, I or, owe them something. Right. Or I don't want to disappoint anybody. Yes. But, like, it's really not good for you and yourself, and you know that. Yeah. Um, so it's like leads me to the question of, like, Sarah, what do you think? We kind of talked about my parts. What do you think that some of your major parts are? Mm. Yeah, okay. And, and I've been thinking about this because before we started today, and I was asking you, or you were asking me, like, what are your managers or what? And I guess I kind of maybe need to 
write it out or sit down. Maybe that's a part two. I got to, I got to write it out. I got to have a, got to figure it out gotta, before I tell I you what my thoughts are. Exactly. Um, but for sure, definitely a minimizer that's like, oh, it's not that big of a deal or it's fine or I'll just get over it. And that's what kind of keeps me stuck in, um, I guess working through trauma or coming through blocks with it is like, oh, it's not that bad or I'll get over it. And also I've, I've learned in this work with my therapist is that I have these phrases or parts that actually aren't mine, but are like the mask of my mom or Ooh. someone else. Yeah. You know, when I say, oh, I'll just get over it or it's fine. It's not that big of a deal. That was never, you know, that was something that was placed on me, I guess you'd say. And and no blame to anyone else or no, you know what I mean? But like... Interesting that we pick up on things that, you know, we've experienced and yes, witnessed. Yeah, and it becomes a mask. It becomes a part of ourself that those younger parts actually don't want to wear. Yeah. You know, if you think about it in the way of a mask, it's like, actually, I don't want to wear that. Like, it's no big deal. Because to that younger self, was it? Yeah. Hell yeah. Like, it was It was a big deal. It was huge. And it was shut down. Yeah. And so, yeah, for me, I definitely, I see that minimizer on the daily. It's so, and it's been so automatic. Like, I, I remember in high school, even, one of my go-to phrases or people that knew me were like, oh, yeah, Sarah. Like, she always was like, it's all good. No big deal. Like, that was just a phrase. It, it's all wow. good. Yeah. I was known as the happy-go-lucky. Like, uh, Cassie's just always happy. She's right. never sad. So see, and we play those roles together. Yeah. What do you think? Like, I think we even do that in our own family systems. Like, you know, I was like the peacemaker or the one that kept everyone together or like, I was the chill one that didn't care about anything. (laughs) Right. It was just go with the flow. Right. I'm seeing this so much in both of us. Like I can see how you, you played that role in your family and how I played this role. Yes. And I see it too. Like, as you say, I'm like, huh, I wonder why. And, and that's the thing is ask questions. But yes, for me, um, minimizer and then um, definitely, I guess, kind of a collective part is the protector part, which is that one that like protects from like protects from going to the exiles to my younger self. It's like we'll do anything to keep them safe. And, and, and it goes hand in hand. It's like protective slash punishment. And so, because ultimately it it becomes very punishing, like that protective self will, um, you know, kind of close me up and then I kind of stop talking, stop reaching out, stop sharing, kind of go mute sometimes. In fact, sometimes it's so bad because the panic of the younger self is like overwhelming and I like can't speak because it's like kind of leaked through like those, as I'm doing this work and getting deeper to healing those younger self, that younger parts are like leaking through and so everything's going haywire um and and then when that doesn't work when that protective silence and all of that doesn't work then the punishment comes in yeah so then that's where I have the like the eating disorder the restrictiveness the the running the obsessive compulsive like behaviors and rigid things and counting and numbers like it it gets wild and so definitely I would say those are the major I guess driving parts that show up on the daily for me and then I guess kind of like your perfectionist part like yeah I have that perfectionism but for me it's more so the part that runs the show is I guess I kind of call it the carry on with life part but it's like very um whatever have have things figured out um have 
Uh, everything is very regimented, rigid, exact, scheduled, planned. planned. Yes, very much. I have planners, I have journals, I have number everything. And so, uh, which I mean, yeah, it goes with perfectionism, but also kind of that like... Uh, it's like a sub Obsessive, yeah. So, um, so that, that's, and also I guess coupled with that is like that intellectual side, like the, that part that, uh, you know, can talk about all these fascinating things or can do well in a professional field or can, you know, teach. And And I have to know what's going on before, you know, before you're asked about it or before it's a conversation, just so... You show up and you're you're prepared. It's a very prepared yes, part. Yes. You can't be like stuck in the um, unknown because the unknown could be dangerous. Yeah, and then I might say something that's not scripted. So I'm very much I've noticed this about myself is uh, very much planned out and scripted. In like, I don't I filter through everything I say, and I don't. I mean, yes, obviously I've gotten better, and I'm you know. I'd like to think that I'm, you know, genuine and open, but it's also very protective that I have to run the show from a part that yeah. uh, has things very planned out for safety. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, to be completely real with our, our listeners and our friends and everyone, um, season one was was filled with a lot of script. We, we began our podcast and we would try to make it as genuine and flowing and as connected to us as we could. But we were very, like, planned out and methodical about yeah. about each of our episodes. I think because I, I was, for me, well, very stressed. Yeah. And we both had to know exactly what we were going to say or where it was, was going like to lead to. It was, like, planned out to a T. And like, yeah, we had, con- it was very, you know, conversational. Conversational. We but, had that. But yes. And we had our genuine, like, moments of aha, and there was definitely moments of, like, booms added Right, in there. of course, of course. Like, <laughs> and, like, oh, You would yeah. share things that I had never heard, and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, the fact that you shared that, like, goes along with this. You know, yeah. it's very led in that regard. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that's shifted yeah. now. And this um, this season, season two, is, is more of the uh, unfolding and the just like the breakthrough of, of being more true to us and just kind of letting ourselves be and not being like and in, fit into this little box. Of- like it's definitely a challenge and, and freaks me out because I was like, wait, do we need to type something up today? Or like, you know, just go with it. And I yeah. think we found though on that first episode we just did, um, you know, season two, episode one is like, we just sat down and we're catching up and kind of saying where we've been and it's okay to not be okay. And I think we could feel it in our own shift in energy and our, in our being is that like, it was exciting. Yeah. It was like, it it lit another fire. It was like motivating. Um, it didn't feel like, um, I mean, there were some times in season one that Sarah and I would be like, nah, I don't really feel like recording a podcast, you know, but it's something that's so fun for us. Like we really enjoy having these conversations and talking about, you know, different concepts and experiences and feelings and stuff. But there was, it was getting to a point of like, we had to have it planned out and then we weren't planned out because we weren't doing well, you know? And, and we were just all frazzled and we were like, you know what? We can't even record. Like, let's just... We weren't genuine because we couldn't even, we weren't even put together enough to like do what we thought, but our episodes probably would have been great if we had just sat down and clicked record and just went Mm. with it. Um, We probably would have been like mess, a mess, but you know, 
And I'm over here, like, you know, all of our five listeners and my my beliefs and, like, fear of being not small. Like, ah, you know. Uh-oh. That's a part. <laughs> That's a part. Well, yeah, 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 it was in that first episode in season, in this season, a couple episodes ago, that um, our friend who was there with us behind the scenes, she was like, I love that you guys didn't have a script and you guys just free-flowed, like... Just for stating, and and so, I don't know, we both felt it, and we were like, okay, let's do this. So, yeah, that's another part of the unfolding in season two, and, and more of connecting to that self, and not so much speaking from parts. I mean, we definitely still oh, do speak from yes. parts. But, oh. but being less planned, so we are connected more, I think, to our, our self. Yeah, no, I just had, this just clicked for me, which is what I love is this, is that when you said that is that was a thought I had today. I was thinking about the podcast and where we see it going and like what we're doing and how this is motivating. And I was like, oh my gosh, no wonder doing this with you is so healing and and helpful is that every time we're here, like, sure, there might be other parts like show up, whatnot, but like when we record and when we have these discussions, I am living from my highest self and I'm speaking in my wise self and I'm connected and if it is only an hour and a half or whatever that I'm connected to my wise self in that day that's better than a full day of like being letting the eating disorder run the show or letting you know perfections and so that was something that clicked for me so when you said that I'm like yeah Yeah. this I can see the shift because we've been doing our own individual work and then allowing it to just be is allowing ourselves to show up in our wise highest self And I think also, like, we talk so much in, like, when we have these conversations, we do talk about our parts. And so I think our parts are feeling more heard, like, Mm. inside. Yeah. And so we are, when we talk about that perfectionist part, I mean, sometimes I talk about my perfectionist part from the perfectionist part. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes I, like, notice it, especially when I'm, when I feel so much, like, compassion towards that part of like and that's really where where the healing begins yes exactly is doing that repair between the self and and those parts especially for me it's the it's the perfectionist part that I'm working on right now is is really building that trust and um yeah but that's where I think that's where the work happens and so I think that's why our conversations really are so healing because we do give recognition to those parts. Yeah, we're allowing all of ourselves to be seen and heard. And that's ultimately like what we want to share with you and get across today is like allowing all of yourself, all of you to be seen and heard. And when you said compassion, I was like, yes, meeting them with compassion, meeting all of ourselves, even the bad parts per se, or the the things that we want to push away or like, oh, I hate that I do this behavior or have this addiction or whatever it may be, that meet it with compassion and love because it plays a purpose. And when you meet it with love, just like I've talked about kind of in my other experiences that I've been through is that that's where the healing begins and that's where that connection and that wise high self can lead and also that younger self can heal. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that there is so much healing, and it's kind of like, okay, so so why why do this work? Yeah, like, know? okay, so what? Okay, yeah. now what? Okay, yeah. why? Yes. <laughs> yeah, my part that says that is like, all right, great, perfect, <laughs> now what? The perfectionist part. Um, but it's really, you know, to to live from our from the most genuine, authentic form of ourself. And really that is how we are going to 
show ourselves compassion. That's how we're going to have better relationships because if we're, if we're, you know, acting and thinking from ourself, then, you know, our relationships are going to be more genuine and we're going to be able to uphold boundaries better because we're going to be able to respect ourselves and other people better. Yeah. And ultimately we're not asking those parts to like leave and to peace out. Like we're just recognizing them. And and like allowing their roles to change, you know, like I think about it now, my work with the eating disorder part is that eating disorder part is very intuitive and determined, very driven. And so looking at pulling the qualities from those parts that have been destructive and now what can we shift their role to? And that's what I've kind of been talking about with my therapist is like, that my eating disorder knows exactly what to do and why and how to manipulate things or how to make things work. And yeah. so if I can use that to a, a, a greater purpose and my, and my calling and what I feel driven to ultimately from my wise self, where's that intuition, that drive and that self-determination going to go? I can still utilize it because we're not trying to, you know, kill aspects of ourselves that were there for a reason, but we can yeah. send them love and, and allow them to be heard. Notice them. They really yeah. just want, you know, especially those exiles. They want their, they want their voice back. Um, those firefighters, those managers, they all also want to be heard because ultimately they showed up because they, I mean, they were, they had to. They had no other option. They yeah. had to show up. They were, you know, abandoned by the self, and so yeah, doing that repair. And now to think, what if? we allowed them a break or gave them rest and said, Hey, no, I got this, you know, like I'm going, I'm adult me. I've got this. Like I can only imagine. I mean, for me, I feel the exhaustion of some of my, you know, doing these behaviors and these things. So for so long, like I can only imagine how exhausting that must be to carry that weight. And so if I can have that dialogue of like, Hey, you don't have to carry this anymore, or I've got this, let me, let me hold this, you know, and that's, it's again, yes, what you said, it's about that repair. And that's really what, why we felt so drawn and to share this now is like, it's about the repair. And, and this is the whole purpose is that yeah. going back to those, you know, kind of, yeah, reparent, you think about inner child work and reparenting. It's very much about that as well. Yeah. So, Yeah. That was good. Yeah, so <laughs> that's, you know, I'm sure there will be questions that come out, but I I feel like we just really wanted to get that basis across and share something that's been so powerful and transformative for us, you know? So Yeah. All right, guys. Well, if you want to follow us on our Instagram, um, we do post some pictures and um, kind of just behind the scenes and we do some polls on our Instagram and ask you guys questions of things you want to hear. So go follow us on, um, at soul connections.podcast on Instagram. And there we have just some good information for you guys. And you know what? Yeah, we should, I mean, you're probably good at all this cause I don't know what I'm doing, but like putting links to maybe like the IFS book to Richard Schwartz, their work, the websites, and we can yes, I will stick have them those, on. Yep. Those will yeah. be linked in the description and yeah you can check that out and I invite you to check it out because uh it sounds kind of it sounds kind of woo woo and kind of just weird but really like when you really have to be like okay I'm gonna do this and 
I just want to be inquisitive and curious about it. Just, you know, be open. And in fact, uh, maybe I'll put some links in or tell you about um, their specific books to eating disorders and IFS, combining that work together. So if that's something you're struggling with or like um, trauma and IFS, things like that, there are some fascinating um, authors and and people in the field that have done incredible work with that. So thanks so much, you guys, for listening and sticking around with us. We'll see you next time. See ya.